Hello all you gal pounds out there. This is a six foot fabulous Tracy Payne Black. Rochelle and I are taking our first hiatus this week, but not to worry. In our absence, please enjoy one of the episodes from Believer Skeptic Podcast. This is one of their favorites and we enjoy it and we hope you'll enjoy it as well. We will be back next week at our regularly scheduled time. In the meantime, don't forget to vote. Tune in next time. If you're easily offended, this show may not be for you. But if you're into that weird fun sh- you've come to the right place. You've been warned. Greetings, <laughs> 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 ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the greatest show on earth. I'm sorry. I'm Chris, I'm the Believer. I'm Cody, I'm the Skeptic. Wait, that's so creepy! <laughs> Hello! Welcome to BSP Believer Skeptic Podcast. The podcast where two idiots debate weird phenomena. I'm Chris, I'm the Believer. <laughs> I'm Cody, I'm the Skeptic. <laughs> if this is your first time listening to us, we are an LGBTQ paranormal comedy podcast, and this is a full episode. Yeah, so we're gonna we picked a paranormal topic for you guys and um and gals and whatever you identify as. Oh, this is a dude. This is a fun one, and we're gonna share information and stories and just creepiness. Yeah, and then information on why we believe or don't believe and in it. This one's gonna be quite a bit different. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, I've had the, the idea for this topic for a while. Um, I've told Cody about it, but he kind of refused for a long time. <laughs> no, and I was so wrong. I admit um, it. And I'm just saying now, if you're listening to this episode at night, before warned, you'll mostly like get freaked out or so don't blame us for your nightmares. Yeah, this is like not a like a graphic trigger warning, but it's a creepy trigger warning. Yeah. Like my sister could not listen to this episode. Yeah. Um, What are we talking about? So we are talking about games, like paranormal haunted games you can play. And, you know, it's kind of based on like Bloody Mary or whatever. Or the other name that I'm not going to say from the movie. Candyman. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) And we won't, we're not going to talk about Ouija because that deserves its own episode, but oh, Cody won't do it unless I play, um, which I absolutely refuse. I know, that's why it keeps getting delayed. But whenever Chris brought this up, I was like, well, you know, other than Buddy Mary or Seaman or Ouija, there's Sea oh, uh, or, or Seaman or there's, there's not enough games, are there? Oh, there there's are. Tons. And they are insane. Yeah, like, oh my God, the, the game that I found was like, what the fuck is happening in my life? Yeah, and a lot of these games are really fucked up and potentially dangerous, so no matter what, we definitely don't condone playing. Uh, do that at your own risk. No, and something I found um, from the ones I read and also from our mini-sode mm-hmm. is that most of these, or a lot of them, have 50 jillion steps you have to do, well, so they're complicated too. Yeah, they're also called ritual games, some of them. Oh, know? that's true. So, And with that, because... These are so complex and actually very long because in my stories, I'm describing the ritual and then a story with it and both of them. So therefore, we're not doing history. Yeah. I'm cheating. I'm I'm (laughs) cheating my way out of that because also, how was I going to do history on games? We were 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 texting and like giving each other shit. And he was like, do you want to do the history? But it was like, well... How would you do that? Because if you're giving a history of specific games, those could be ones we're talking about in our stories. Yeah. So, so I think it's just people have been summoning 
demons in games for a long time. Yeah. There's your fucking history. And then our creep of the week is going to be very special, but we'll tell about it when we get there. So. Yay. All right. So should we go ahead and go into to drinks? Yes. Well, actually, I, instead of going to Circle K like I've been doing for the last couple of months. You went to Target instead. <laughs> but they have a whole like row of wine. <laughs> and so this is better. Dude, where you were at, there's a total wine like right there. Yeah, but I was already running so late, <laughs> yeah. as I was reminded. <laughs> now, yeah, so I got a wine, and it's a Pinot Noir, and I think this describes these playing these games and the repercussions of what could happen perfectly. It is called Simply Precarious, oh. and that's it. So I thought that was a pretty perfect um, one-word definition of these. Yeah. Well, I made a mocktail, which my stories, both of them have to do with somebody that you invite in or you summon. So same. (laughs) So my story, uh, my mocktail is called Dark Invader. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what she said. And what's in it is blackberries, pineapple juice and uh, vanilla simple syrup, which I made my own vanilla simple syrup. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. It's really good. It actually tastes like a Julius. Oh, Ooh, that's heaven. Oh, my God. That's like the best drink ever. Oh, I don't want my wine. I want that. <laughs> Too late. Screw my wine. Uh, okay. So, oh, I was about to see so history, but that's no not happening. History, so. so who wants to go first then? Well, I'll go first since I've never gone first. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I oh, yeah. First. Yeah. So uh, my first story is about a terrifying game known as the Midnight Game. Did you read up on it at all? No. Well, the Midnight Game um, has supposed origins in pagan religion. Um, in the religion, the game was a ritual used to punish those who disobeyed the gods, broke tradition, or in some way went against the religion. Oh, like so they were forced to play this? Uh, apparently, yeah. Oh, oh, that's weird. Okay, that's different. Uh, this is a game that is played by a single person, although one article that I read said multiple people can play as long as they each perform their own pregame ritual. And why the fuck would you want to do this? I yeah. don't know. I was, I'm like, yeah, but I have no idea what's going on. Anyhow, to play, you actually start before midnight by taking a piece of paper and writing your full name on it. Okay. You then prick your finger with a pin and place a, a drop of blood on, on the paper, allowing it to soak in. Okay. Once you have done this, you'll then turn off all the lights in your house, then put the piece of paper with your name and blood in front of a wooden wooden door. Next, you'll light a candle and place it on top of the paper. Once the candle is in place, you will knock on the door 22 times. Oh, really? The final Is knock- it like exact? Like if you mm-hmm. mess up? Yeah. It's like repercussions? I yeah. keep saying repercussions. It's my favorite word today. The final knock must happen exactly at 12 midnight. Oh my god! Yeah. So you don't have to do it at an exact perfect rhythm because, like, you can knock faster, and then you're like, "Oh my god, I've got to slow down." Yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. After that is done, you will open the door, blow out the candle, and then close the door again. When the door is closed, you must immediately relight the candle. This ritual has openly invited the midnight man into your home, and the game officially begins. Oh shit! You now must move around your home with the candle as your only light until three thirty-three a.m. Three and a half hours mm-hmm. of this? Oh, God, this is the longest game ever. If the candle goes out, you must relight it within 10, ten seconds. If you can't, you should then make a circle of salt and stay with us, uh, within the circle until 3.33. Oh, okay. Uh, this is your only protection against the midnight man. So if you step out of the circle and the candle is not lit, you're fucked. <laughs> you know, are you going to say what that means? Um, we don't really know. 
I don't know if anybody's ever done that. So. Oh, okay. Uh, moving continuously will make it more difficult for the Midnight Man to find you. If you stop at any point aside to be in the Circle of Salt, he will catch you. Once the clock turns to 3.33 a.m., the game is over. You no longer have to move around your house, and you can turn on all the lights. During the game, you will know the Midnight Man is near you if your candle goes out, uh, there is a drop in temperature, or you hear an indiscernible whisper. <gasps> or you see a shadow man like figure in the dark. Oh my god, like is the whisper like right in your ear? Hello, Chris. Yeah. I'm the midnight man. If any of your these dreamboat. <laughs> whatever. If any of these things happen to you, you should move immediately so you're not coming. Oh my god, I would run the fuck away. <laughs> uh once the game has started, there's no way to opt out. Things you absolutely cannot do during the game is don't turn on any lights, don't use a flashlight, a lighter, or any other source of light besides your candle. Okay, like so you really wouldn't have your phone out either nope, then. No, you can't use any electronics. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Don't use anyone else's blood but your own to put on the paper and don't leave your home. And most importantly, whatever you do, don't provoke the midnight men. Oh, wow. I guess I think about falling asleep. I was like, who would ever do that? But say you're playing it's for an hour and you don't hear anything and you just get mm-hmm. bored. And then, yeah. like, you might fall asleep. Yeah. So, also in what I read, it uh, says even though it's 3.33 and the game is technically over, you can't assume the Midnight Man is gone from your home because, hey, you invited him in. That's true. Is that the witching hour? Uh, three o'clock is. Okay. Yeah. So, um, everywhere I read about the game, they say, of course, that under no circumstances should you even attempt to play this game. Here is one person's experience. Never play this game. Yeah. But here are the rules. Yeah, here yeah. are the rules. Here's how to play it. Just don't do it. Here's one Here's one person's experience uh, with the game. Oh, okay. Interesting. She says that she has a thing for what she calls ritual pastas in which a person has to do some dangerous tasks in order to get to a certain goal. Ritual pastas? Yeah, like creepy pastas. Oh, yeah. Copy pastas. Yeah. yeah. She says she found the midnight game, which she had never heard about before. Uh, she was skeptical, skeptical about the whole thing and had almost forgotten about it. But a month later, she looked it up again. She says, quote, I'm going to summon the Midnight Man into my home and risk my life. Why? Because I've always had an obsession with ghosts and demons and whatnot. She does the ritual and 25 minutes into the game, she gets antsy because nothing was happening despite her moving around the house. As she goes down a long hallway towards her bedroom, her candle goes out. Oh, boy. Which she relights as quick as possible. She decides to turn around and go to her living room. Now, an hour into the game, nothing really happened after the candle went out, so she decides to go down the hall again. Right before she gets to her room, she sees a dark figure in a chair that is there, staring at her with empty eyes. Oh, my God. She says she then feels herself freeze as the temperature in the hallway got colder. Shit. This time, instead of turning around, she backs up and goes back to where she was before. Oh, yeah, but like, what are you supposed to do when you see it? Oh, you're supposed to move. You're supposed to leave. That's right. Around 30 minutes later, she is scared as fuck, despite nothing else much happening. 30 minutes? Yeah. That's an eternity. Like, whenever you see something like that, that is forever. Yeah other than a few cold spots and maybe she thought some footsteps. Yeah, or it could be in your head, yeah. Yeah. Uh, She first goes to her parents' bedroom and was on her way to the kitchen when she heard an unintelligible whispering behind her. She gets the fuck out of there and goes back to the living room. Hi, Chris. Be my valentine. Oh, whatever. About 45 minutes later at 2.17, she said she had the second scariest moment of her life. 
She hears one of her cats meowing in her room where they had disappeared to when the game began. Mm -hmm. She got worried about the cat, so she runs to the bedroom uh, where she again sees a dark figure standing over her cat who is puffed out, frozen, and completely terrified. Oh, my God. She swears at the figure, then looks at her. uh, She feels its cold uh, gaze. She says to it, please don't hurt my cats. Her candle goes out and she immediately relates. Oh my God, right then and there. Yeah. The figure is gone and the cat went back under the bed. She goes back to the kitchen. It's now 3 a.m. and she was heading from the kitchen to the living room. Some DVDs that were on a shelf fall to the floor. Wow. She tries to run back to the kitchen and falls, which makes the candle go out. She runs to the kitchen thinking it's too late to relight the candle. So then she puts a circle of salt around there and sits there. 28 minutes later, she has five minutes until the nightmare is over. Oh, my God. That would be like the longest five minutes of your life. Mm-hmm. She looks down to, uh, the hallway and sees the midnight man again sitting in the chair she previously saw him. Oh, shit. But she's in the salt circle now. Yeah. Are you ever supposed to leave a salt circle? No, because that's your protection. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. Uh, she then speaks to him saying, congratulations, sir. You won. But let me say you're, you're amazing at scaring people. I salute you. Wow, she actually congratulated him. Yeah. 3.32, she hears a whisper in her right ear that ah! says, Thank you, Ariel. <laughs> he, he knew that her says, uh, <laughs> He knew her uh, name. Despite the clock turning 3.33, she stays there for another five minutes. I would too. Like every other website I read, she said she highly recommends that the game not be played, saying this is the scariest experience of her life and she'll never be the same. Would you dare try to conjure the Midnight Man? Wow, that's awesome. What a great story because it's not like, it's low key. Like it's so low key, it's believable. It sounds like a horror movie. Like that could be a total movie. Oh, I was just totally thinking that it's got a ticking clock element too. So it could literally just be a group of friends or just a person Mm -hmm. just trying to make it to 333. And that's it. That's we should make a short film. Wow. And then it's in my house. And at 332.59 is when the movie ends. So you don't One know what second, happens? yeah. Oh. oh my god, I have the movie. This is amazing. The <laughs> Midnight the Man. Script. Would you do it? I don't know. I would if if it were only only in your place here, <laughs> and not alone. I would do it. Nowhere else. Only in your condo. <laughs> Whatever. We'd have to borrow somebody's house that we don't like. <laughs> That's a really good idea. Well, what surprises me about this oh, one? Oh, dog sit for you this weekend. No problem. I'll be there. <laughs> oh, can I be there overnight? I mean, particularly from midnight to three thirty-three a.m. <laughs> okay. What surprises me about your this one is that from our mini-sode and also like my stories here mm-hmm. is there's always a closing ritual that you have to do like yeah. to be like to end the thing. Yeah. But for that one, apparently it, it just turns three thirty three, and that's it. As long as you want, it's over. Oh, I feel like you got to do something. Yeah. I, mean, I would, I would sage my house. Are you kidding? Yeah. Me? <laughs> yeah. I would like at noon, I would do kind of a similar thing and be like the noon man would be much brighter <laughs> and nice. And he, he's welcome. The daylight man. The daylight man. <laughs> Well, so is that your story? Wow, that's, that's one great. Story. That's one. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So my story and the way mine works is the first part is going to be actually my first story is going to be just about the game. Mm-hmm. And then my second story is going to be a story about the person who played it because they're both really long. Okay. So this is called One Man Hide and Seek. Have it you ever is, heard of this? It already sounds terrible. Yeah. It's, this is horrific. You're going to love this, by the way. You don't know anything about this, right? Mm-mm. Oh, good. Okay. I, I read the title, but you told me you're doing it. So yeah. I, okay. I, I avoided everything oh, about it. Oh, I'm so glad. So this is a game that has deep roots in necromancy. 
Dun, 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 which I think should be a future topic. Better than necrophilia. <laughs> Wouldn't one lead to the other? <laughs> no, I don't know. No. Maybe. <laughs> so in this game, you summon a spirit into the body of a doll who then plays hide and seek with you. Oh, fuck. And that's why no. it's called One Man Hide and Seek. Nope. Right? As if dolls aren't scary enough as it is, right? Like, this is like the worst nightmare thing. Is not only do you have creepy-ass doll... And, and you know, if you play this, you're going to have to, you're like, you want to pick a creepy doll, right? You play with Peggy. You play with, oh my God. Oh, she'd ask for the manager <laughs> in the game. That's the, the manager doll. All right. So let's get into how this all works, right? So how we summon it and what's supposed to happen and how you ruin your life, basically. Uh, yeah. So to do this ritual, you need a doll, obviously. And I, again, I think Ooh, you... I would get a My Buddy doll, so it could be like Chucky. Oh, no, that's, that's scary. <laughs> Oh, wow, I'd use that Elsa doll from our episode. You need scissors or something sharp, mm-hmm. red three, red thread, red thread, <laughs> and a needle, rice, hair and or nail clippings from yourself, yeah. salt water in a cup, and a bathroom. There's, you could call it an old wives' tale or whatnot, but my grandma always told us we had to either like for the hair from the brush you have to burn it or, throw, or flush it down the toilet really because if somebody finds it and gets it they can put a curse on you oh that's true okay i've heard something yeah. like that she too always make sure we flush it or burn it <laughs> wow if burnt hair smells bad i would flush it yeah so and i think there's going to be similarities because it like salt comes into play in this one yeah. too and stuff so there's going to be a fair amount of work for this ritual so like if you want to play this game you know you're going to have some setup to do First, an important note, you must name the doll. So you have to give the doll a name before you play this. Nope. It will not work correctly if you do not name the doll. Um, you cannot give the doll your own name. It's Beat- got to be a different name. Be- Beatrice. Beatrice. I'm calling my, for the sake of this, I'm calling the doll Cunty McGee. Because it's a little bit lighter and not quite as scary because the story is creepy. Beatrice. Beatrice. <laughs> Once you have everything, all your crap, you go into the bathroom and you slice the doll open. So you got to cut it open. You have to remove all of the fluff and filling oh, out of the doll. Oh, so it can't be a Barbie then. Right. That's, oh, that's true. That's true. So it's going to be like a stuffed kind of doll that you can empty. Like a porcelain one. And then you restuff it with rice and your nail clippings. Oh, gross. So you're going to fill it back up You're like your making shit. a self voodoo doll. Yeah, that's exactly. Like you're, you're making it into something evil or that, can, yeah, yeah, that yeah. can summon. Then you sew it back up with the red thread. Mm-hmm. So it's going to like have this red scar going all the way up it using any remaining thread to tie up the doll. Then you run a bath filled with water and you put the doll on the sink counter. And at that point, you go to your hiding spot. So you're going to hide from this doll. You place the cup of salt water and the sharp object on the floor of your hiding spot. Now, this also has a time thing. Once the time reaches 3 a.m., and you don't have to be in the same room as the doll for this, mm-hmm. you tell the doll, you call it three times, Cunty McGee is it. Cunty <laughs> McGee is it. Cunty <laughs> McGee is it. So you're playing, it has to be it. You go into the bathroom, you put the doll into the water-filled tub and turn off all and the lights in the your fucker. house. Yeah, you put her in the house and you turn off all the lights. After you've done that, you go to your hiding spot, you turn on the TV, close your eyes, count to 10, then pick up the sharp object, you go back into the bathroom. The doll should still be there. You say to the doll, I found you, Cunty McGee, so you've got to find it first. After you say this, you have to stab the doll with the sharp object. You have to stab it with the scissors, put the doll back onto the counter, and run to your hiding space. Oh, hell no. You have to leave the sharp object where it was with the doll. Nope. You don't take it with you. Nope. Right? It actually says, do not take the sharp object back. So it's like, it's got its own turn. 
to find you. With a knife. With a knife, yeah, with a sharp object, right? So now you're in your hiding spot. You have to remain silent because, uh, yeah. So what you're listening for is you turn on the TV for a reason. If you hear something from the TV, mm-hmm. flickering, static, something that isn't normal, that means the, the doll is there. They're now, back. And they're exactly. The TV creepiness, because at this point now, you have to take as much of the salt water into your mouth as you can. You don't hold, swallow it. You just hold it in your mouth, mm-hmm. and you go and search for the doll again. Now, make sure you bring the rest of the cup of salt water with you. And once you've found the doll, wherever it's at, mm-hmm. because you have no idea where it's going to be at this point, you have to pour the rest of the salt water onto it. Then you spit the water um, in your mouth onto it and tell it, I win three times. Uh-oh. And this effectively ends the game. So you have to go find it. Then it has to find you. With a and then you have Yeah. And then you have to go find it. And then that ends the game. Now, once the game has ended, you dry the doll and you burn it. If there were any remains of the doll left, you put salt on it and discard it far away. Now, some things to keep in mind during the game, kind of like yours, once you start the game, you can't you're finishing the game. Yeah, you've got to, and you want to finish it, including that ritual. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, It actually says if you have your phone, you do not use that phone. You do not use, like, you don't, that it's gone, right? Mm-hmm. You want to try to stay calm because, especially if it's in the room with you. So if you hear the TV or it's there close by, stay mm-hmm. calm, which would never happen. It actually says keep the doors unlocked in case you actually have to run away. Try not to hide in any places you could get cornered. Okay. And I'm like, what? Um, it actually says you want to keep it, the ritual, the entire game under two hours. So if you're hiding at 3 a.m., you don't want to start too late because the spirit can get too strong to remove oh, once it's been summoned in the doll no. for long enough. Uh-uh. Right? And then it says, above all, use your common sense. Um, ask, Tell some friends or neighbors to keep an eye out. Like, tell them, hey, Chris, I'm playing this game. I'm going to call you. And if you don't hear from me, like... Send help. No, have the priest on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> have him, have the priest play with you. And that is the story of how to play one man hide and seek. Fuck that. Isn't that crazy? A doll. Oh, God. That's you do so it? scary. So so my story actually has two people playing it. Mm-hmm. If if there were someone with me, I would do. I would probably do it. As long as it was in your condo only. How bored do you have to be to play by yourself? Like oh 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 god right or I guess if you're like say you have a YouTube channel or something and yeah. you're filming it it could go yeah because there I there was some YouTube videos but I didn't watch them about some of these rituals true yeah same yeah. I wonder like who thought of this I guess it probably came from old rituals and they they turned it into a game yeah but you don't know how to sew so you'd be screwed <laughs> oh my god all the nail like I would see like a Hansel and Gretel trail of nail clippings <laughs> to follow the doll and be like there you are Cunty McGee oh my god so my second story has to do with another man who we call the man in the fields which is also the name of the game okay never heard of this it is said that this is a ritual from the British Isles that began in the middle ages and has been passed down uh, passed down for centuries the ritual was seen as a way of protecting your home for those who practice it. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. To perform the ritual, you'll need a house that has at least one room with one door with a field and one, and it has to have a field or a garden behind it. The largest. Oh, I was like, it has to have a house with a door. Yeah. I was like, I think you're okay. <laughs> and then it has to have a garden or a field behind it. The larger the space, not the house, but the field, the better. Okay. You'll need a source of light that is not electric, such as a candle or a lantern. 
You will also need a crucifix, and lastly, a watch or clock that, again, does not run on electricity. Mm. The ritual can begin any time after sunset, and you must make sure that there is no one else in or around the house, or it will not work. Oh, so you have to do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's creepy. Uh, you can now light your, your, your light source, uh, go out into the yard, face the house, and whisper, but who will scare the crows away seven times? Creepy. If you have done this ritual correctly, you will hear a whisper behind you <gasps> that says, that's not your biggest problem. <gasps> what the fuck? <laughs> you can now go back in the house, but you must not look behind you. Oh, shit. That's scary. Once in the house, everything will be open. You will go in, You will go to the room with the one door and close anything that may be open. Boxes, bags, drawers, and so on. Ishk. Um, place the crucifix in this room and this will be your safe room if anything goes awry. Your goal now is to close everything that has been opened before midnight. Oh, shit. Yeah. Now, did the ghost open it or is it just like things that are just happen to be open that are around no, your house? Ev- yeah, when you walk in, everything's open like drawers. And- oh, so they be- they opened yeah. magically. Yep. Oh, shit. What about your legs? <laughs> Were they magically opened? <laughs> It is imperative that everything is closed. Nothing can be missed. As wow. you move through the house, in your peripheral, you'll see a man with ashen gray skin and Holy farmer's shit. clothing. This is a protection ritual? This is awful. Although you need not fear this man, you must not look at him, especially not directly in the eyes. This man is not the man in the fields, but is there to follow you and make sure you close everything in the house. God. Whatever you do, you must never look in the backyard. He's like the, the foreman of the closing project <laughs> yeah um if you do look at the backyard you'll see a scarecrow that was not there before Yee! he will then get off the post he was hanging from <gasps> see you as well and start sprinting towards the house <gasps> what in the actual fuck the scarecrow yeah oh, this is a movie the scarecrow is said to have the head that is a cow's skull and oh. and very long stretched out human limbs holy fuck if you do see him you must uh, uh, go to your safe room within one minute hold the crucifix and stay there until 6 a.m holy shit this is horrifying as long as everything was previously closed in this room you will be safe if you leave for whatever reason before 6 a.m. or everything in the room is not closed or you do not reach the room within a minute or somehow they fail the ritual, the man in the fields will get you and take your head to replace oh, his skull with it. God. If you didn't look in the backyard and see the scarecrow, you can continue on with the game. You now have to go to each room and make sure that everything that can be closed is closed. Once this is done, you have to close one last thing, your eyes, and go to sleep. If you can. <laughs> oh, I gotta say, fuck no. As long as you wake up in the morning, this means you have won the game. If you started the game three hours before midnight and win, your physical safety is guaranteed for one year. If you started two hours before midnight and win, your physical and financial safety is guaranteed for one year. If you started one hour before midnight and win, safety from everything is guaranteed for one year. Wow. Starting one hour before is not recommended because it's highly unlikely you would be successful. Yeah. So that's the game. Holy uh, shit. That is scary. So, yeah. So a Redditor posted a year ago about his experience. Um, so this is uh, his strategy was to try to put closable things outside the home and lock them up as long as they could be removed from the house. You know? Okay. Yeah. So he decided to, uh, he did that. And then he decided to use his uncle's farmhouse because there was no surrounding neighbors. Uh, this guy goes through the entire house to see how long it'll take him to walk through the house. Once the game begins, he says about five to 10 minutes and then he finishes his prep work for the game. Okay. He starts at 9 PM and first walks away from the house and says the phrase, his phrase seven times. 
Although nothing happened at first, a minute later he hears, or in his words, he feels the reply of the voice. Oh, oh. He goes into the house and gets creeped out to see that everything in the house was open when it wasn't before. Oh, shit. And felt uneasy as if a dark energy was following him. I mean, just seeing that alone would just be the most horrifying thing ever. Talk about shitting your pants. Yeah, you have to close my anus. (laughs) He rechecks his safe room and all is good. An hour into the game, the guy meets the ashen man in the kitchen who he says was about 6'5", but he was not afraid of him since he wasn't a threat. He finished closing out everything in the kitchen, his final room, and then left. He says that he was finished with the tasks by 1040, but used the extra time to make sure that everything was closed and, and went uh, back to the safe room. Yeah, because like there were things that might be subjective. One, like, yeah, what did you close a, a like light switch? Like my Tupperware. Or, yeah, <laughs> like all, exactly. That's a good point. Like that's, a, yeah, like you have to close all of that. Like anything, anything theoretically could have a closed yeah, state. exactly. Huh. Uh, once he was in the safe room, he began to second guess himself, wondering if he had indeed closed everything up. And eventually he fell asleep. He woke up at 6.30 a.m. the next morning with feelings of happiness that he had attributed to er, to him not being dead and, of course, yeah. winning the game. Yeah. He says that although, although nothing much happened, it was still a pretty scary experience. I would say so. Well, that he did post that a year ago? Five years ago. Five, did he post a year later? Like, update... I had a great, oh, I healthy look. year, or if I, I made didn't money. Look for that. Huh? Interesting. Wow, that's a that is the creepiest thing ever. Uh, could you? Oh, imagine the scarecrow running, sprinting, you see it just hopping with, down with a cow skull. Oh, look at I got I, the would, chills. Oh my god. Oh god, it would be I terrifying. Just shut down. It would be the worst. Mm-hmm. It would be the worst. I would want to be in a one room shanty with nothing in it <laughs> a yurt <laughs> being a yurt <laughs> my igloo and you thought candy man was bad that's horrifying god these are great movie ideas like that's such a good idea uh okay so for my second story mm-hmm. i'm gonna tell a i put it in quotes air quotes a, a true story that um a girl on reddit or reddit posted being true i'm not sure but it's a person who played it's, it's Reddit. Fun. I mean, that's why these stories, you can't believe them or not. Exactly. Yeah. So she said, okay, here's the thing. I'm an American who's been living in Japan with a host family for a study abroad. Mm-hmm. Last Sunday, my host sister, Akane, we'll call her Akane, told me about a game she wanted to play called Hitori Karim, um, Karurimbo, Kakurimbo, <laughs> or Hide and Seek Alone is how she translated it. Anyway, Akane said it was fun and some girls in her school tried it. And it was actually a way to play hide-and-go-seek with ghosts, but she didn't want to do it alone. For someone who's a skeptic, it seemed pretty harmless, and I was curious. So a cane got a doll from the 100 yen store, named it Arena, and watched her tear out the stuffing and replace it with rice. Now, I'm reading kind of the steps here because this comes into play later. So just, you know, just bear with me because it's actually important. Now I need two drops of blood, one from me and one from you, she muttered trying to remember the rules her friend had told her. She pricked her finger, and I pricked mine, and we rubbed the blood into the rice. She then sewed it up with the red thread, continuing to bind the doll with that red thread. But so she didn't... Instead of, blood, instead of fingernails clippings, or yeah, hair, she used blood, blood into the rice. I guess would work too. And so, yeah, and so I was like, well, it must just be a variation on the game. Well, it's part of you, so I would yeah. so assume. Um, so, but your blood and Chop off a up. finger. Yeah, chop off a finger. <laughs> Some dookie <laughs> sewed up in there. You just poop in just the doll. In Could you imagine like your bloody red rice filled in a doll? Ugh, and it says, why are you doing that? I asked. 
The red is supposed to represent blood vessels. We'll sever them tonight at three. She also made up the cups of salt water and made salt lines around her parents' room. Mm. What's that for? I asked. Apparently, it stops the spirit from going mm. into the room to it's find because you. Of the, it's a purifying agent. Yeah. And she's like, because she's like, because I would be in bigger trouble with my parents than I will with this ghost <laughs> yeah. if I go into that room. So um, I said, anyway, we went into the bathroom at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. The rest of the family was out visiting the aunt and uncle. We put the doll in the bathtub with water and shouted together, A cane and Sarah are the first it. A cane and Sarah are the first it. A cane and Sarah are the first it. So they're not playing alone. Then we ran out of the bathroom, turning out all the lights and switching on the TV in our hiding room to a static channel. A cane grabbed a knife and left the salt water on the table. We went back into the bathroom, and sure enough, the doll was still there in the bathtub, so she hadn't moved. Arena, a cane and Sarah found you, we yelled. We yanked it out, and a cane stabbed the heart and made sure to sever a lot of the red thread before dumping the doll back into the tub. Oh, hell no. Arena is the second it. Arena is the second it. Arena is the second it, we chanted, then ran back to the family room with the TV going. We each took a gulp of salt water, making sure not to swallow it. So they're really following mm-hmm. like the rules for that, then held our cups firmly before sitting in the closet. A cane left open a crack of the door because she wanted to watch what would happen to the TV. Mm-mm. To this day, I wish we'd left the door closed. Oh, fuck. For the first this. five minutes, we were just waiting. Nothing was happening, and I felt relieved. I'm sure mm-hmm. she thought it was stupid. Then I heard the static of the TV begin to change. Without any of us touching the remote, the TV began to switch channels so fast that sentences began to form from the words of different programs playing oh, on the TV. Hell no. The first thing she heard was, I will find you. I shrunk back into the closet, terrified. The air seemed to get colder. A cane still stayed with her eye pressed up against the crack of the door, staring out. I heard th- um, footsteps. The TV continued changing channels. Where are you? Oh, the footsteps nope. changed directions and stopped in front of the closet. Are you in here playing from the TV? Then after a few seconds, I heard, found you from the stations on the fucking TV. Oh, my God. A cane screamed and fell back on the ground. The kitchen knife that they had used was protruding from her eye. What? The eye she had used to peek through the crack of the door. Oh, hell no. She had swallowed her water by accident because of getting stabbed. Mm -hmm. Luckily, as terrified as I was, I managed to keep the salt water in my mouth, clutching the cup as well. I waited until the static returned to normal on the TV screen. Akana was sobbing, like crying with the thing in her (laughs) eye. But she wished she said, you have to end the ritual. And I did what she told me to do. I wandered around the house looking for the doll. It was no longer in the bathroom. I found it sitting upright on a cane's bed. I dumped the salt water and spat the salt water on it, then shouted, I win, I win, I win, loudly. Then I grasped it all firmly and went to the neighbor's trash can and put it in a bath of gasoline before torching the motherfucker. <laughs> it was now 5 a.m. I came back into the closet and told the cane it was over, so she came out of the closet, knife still in her eye, and we called an ambulance. After surgery, it was determined that she would be blind in that eye, unfortunately. And we just told her parents that she lied and tripped on the knife, you know, oh after getting it. Because God. how are you going to tell them the truth? The scary thing is, even though I ended the ritual and burned the doll, I don't think it's over. A cane says she can still see Erina walking around the house when only that eye is open, like the blind one. Oh, my right. God. So she, that's all she can see out of that eye is is Erina. I keep seeing things out of the corner of my eye as well. I don't know what to do. We thought we did the ritual right, but maybe it's still going on. 
Some weird stuff has been happening lately. Footsteps outside my door at exactly three in the morning. TV's changing channels and the sound's warping. I keep incense burning and salt in my room to keep me safe, um, as does a cane. Yeah, I'm going to burn sage after we finish recording. Oh, right. I know. Um, but basically it says if someone comes up to you and asks you if you want to play it, don't do it. Now, she actually posted an update later to this. Oh, shit. And she basically said, I've looked up the real directions now and we did stuff wrong. Um, putting blood in it is wrong. <gasps> so that the blood, um, it can curse you. We were supposed to put in fingernail clippings. Instead, she may not have been stabbed if she did. Yeah, like like it would have been more a harmless game, but putting yeah. the blood in it was more of a curse. A cane and I are going to a shrine in a couple of days to help this Sunday. If anyone has any other advice, let me know. That is insane. Isn't that crazy? So on uh, the knife thing is a little extreme, yeah. but the rest of it's pretty believable. Yeah, and the fact that she posted an update and she actually posted two updates to that story is kind of oh hell no right. These are awful. Scary stories. Yeah. You got to sleep well tonight. This is probably one of our top two or three scariest episodes. Yeah. So, uh, Believer? Oh, but yeah. Oh, Believer Skeptic. Yeah. Go for it. All right. So, my Believer this week is a little different. Okay. And it's more of an explanation as to why these things actually happen. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Totally a Believer. uh, Do these games work? Are they even real or are they just made up? Um, I do believe some of them can be made up or even exaggerated, but even so, they are still very possible to play given the detailed instructions. Okay, yeah. I have said this many times, many, many, many times, that the brain is a powerful thing that we know so little about. Our brains can also do things for reasons we may not know. There are two causes as to why these games can work and become frighteningly real. Two two ways they can actually work, work? Well, Well, why they are real okay okay and i put that in <laughs> yeah in, in figure quotes. quotes first uh there is something called or described as cognitive distortion in which our brains play tricks on us what happens is your brain tries to process your surroundings but with so much going on around us if something looks familiar the brain tries to take a shortcut which can sometimes lead to cognitive oh, distortion. It's probably that form of pareidolia. Yeah. This type of distorted thinking is common for people with anxiety or depression, mm. but it can happen to anyone. So it's easy to see the reason for cognitive distortion when you uh, when your anxiety is through the roof when you're playing these games. Yeah. You know? uh, there are many types of these cognitive distortions, such as overgeneralization, jumping to conclusions, and personalization, just to name a few. Like I said, this can happen to anybody, not just those with mental distress, as everyone sometimes has automatic thinking, especially in these familiar situations. It's when we don't recognize it that it is a pattern or a problem that it becomes an issue. The other explanation is something we know as sensory deprivation, in which one of the senses is intentionally reduced or removed. Uh, notice how most, if not all, of these games are played in the dark. Oh, yeah. Long-term or forced deprivation of the senses is known to cause in- extreme anxiety, hallucinations, bizarre thoughts, temporary senselessness, depression, or other altered states of consciousness. So in these games, sight is reduced, and with the lack of li- uh, light, as well with the hearing, with it being so quiet for hours at a time, which in turn can cause any of the effects that I mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Similar to, similar to sensory deprivation is the Gans field effect in which there is a constant uniform stimulus used for the senses, which is also can have the same effects as sensory deprivation. Tests for sensory deprivation have been conducted in which subjects were placed in a pitch black soundproof room for 15 minutes. Following the experiment, a number of people reported seeing things that were not there and some sensing an evil presence in the room. 
I guess what I'm trying to say here is when you play these games and complete these rituals, you're bound to have expectations, whether based on the rules themselves or other people's experiences. And with the power of the internet, you can go into a real rabbit hole reading about how it's affected the people that have played it, you know? Mm-hmm. So when you put your mind to it in these cases, it is highly possible that you can or will have some type of cognitive distortion or even hallucinations, however minor. So if you want to try any of these games, have at it, but do so at your own risk and be very aware that everything may not always be what it seems. Dun, dun, dun. Well, that's almost kind of a debunk in a way. Like, could, do you actually believe that some of these could actually summon a spirit to do these things? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I think you can summon spirits, definitely. Hmm. But I Interesting. Don't know, I don't, it's hard to say with these games. But yeah. I mean, like in witchcraft or anything like that, you definitely can. Possible. You know. Ah, well, so then I'm glad I'm glad I didn't actually look at it from that angle. Um, that's why I asked. Yeah, you that's why he asked me. Like, is this? Are you doing debunk on this? And I actually looked at a different thing completely because I wanted mm-hmm. to change this up. I think this is really interesting. It's kind of common sense, but I think it's a good explanation. Mm-hmm. So let's ask ourselves: Who is most apt to play these types of games? Teenagers. Like, yeah. That's who mostly plays this stuff. Well, I did some research, and there's two kind of points I'm going to make. One. A study called from junior to senior Pinocchio looked at lying behaviors in more than a thousand people ages six to 77. Consequently, the researchers found that peak dishonesty occurs in adolescence. So basically teenagers lie more than any other age group. That was kind of the result of the finding, you know, and this can actually be due to changes in the brain as the brain matures Emotional regulation and impulse control improve. Yeah. Well, we all know how dramatic teenagers can be. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And adults, young adults are overall the best liars as well. The study found that 75% of adolescents lie with an average of nearly three lies a day. So that's something that you have to take into account is one, there's this need to fit in, right? And you're trying to fit in. And also you want attention you know, and so that I think that's a, a, a point to it as well. You have teenagers who are okay to lie. They're trying to be popular. They're trying to not. They want attention. Mm-hmm. So I think lying about these games and the outcomes or at least greatly exaggerating them, mm-hmm. I think is, is duh. It's a given. Um, a psychology professor at Connecticut College argues that teenagers often go to see paranormal movies in groups. And there's a social bonding aspect to this phenomenon. They also argue that teenagers go through a period where social influence is very strong and they are more prone to superstition. And to add on to that, I Mm -hmm. mean, when you're at sleepovers, that's what you do is play scary games, you know, like light of a feather, stiff as a board. Exactly. So you have lying teenagers that said they're more prone to superstition. Teenagers playing these games that... um, this doctor argued that they mm-hmm. overreact mm-hmm. because of the peer situation. And so that's why. So they're being dramatic. Yeah, so they're being dramatic. So they do something, and maybe they do hear something fall, but then they're like, oh, I heard footsteps, you know, but they just heard something fall, yeah. you know. And I think that's probably how these games get so blown up is because teenagers are assholes, but that's okay because we were all teenagers ourselves. And they have the internet. And they have the internet to post crap too. Yeah. So there we go. So, you well, I'm guys. Glad we, yeah. We finally got some listener calls. I know. We got like two, right? Yeah. So uh, the one you will hear today is from our listener, Learn, who's also in our uh, Facebook group. Okay. Um, first of all, thank you for calling and engaging. Yay, thank you so much. The group. This is her story, and I will play it here and then. Oh, we're playing the audio of it? Yeah. We're listening to it? Oh, ooh, okay. I've only heard some of it, so here we go. Hey, guys. This is Learn. 
Um, Hi, Lauren. I figured I'd give a try to go ahead and call you since now I know that you can do that. Um, I previously emailed you all a story about uh, me working in a haunted museum. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks so much for showing that or speaking about it on your podcast. Uh, once again, I'm driving really late at night, so naturally I thought I'd share with you some recent spooky stories. Um, so recently I bought a home. And oh, congrats. The house is wonderful, and my boyfriend and I really love it. And it's been very cozy and very nice to be mm. in. And the first month or two was really great. Um, you know, it didn't really feel weird or odd. It felt more cozy and natural to be there. Mm. Um, we knew that there were two other owners in the home uh, before we bought it, the original owners being a husband and wife. Uh, and the thing about the husband and wife is that they both lived in it until they died. Uh, so they both died in the home. And oh, they were older. And the thing about them, uh, additionally, was that they built the home and, you know, it, it, uh, after they passed away, it stayed abandoned for a while because mm. the housing market crashed. Mm. So um, essentially, when it finally got to us, uh, it needed a lot of love, and it still does, but we feel like we're doing an amazing job with it. Um, but I began to notice that some really funny things started to happen around the house. Uh, for example, I have uh, witnessed things just fly off my shelves. Oh, shit. And it usually is followed by one of us making a reference to the home on how it looks. Oh. oh, we wish that this was the case with this house or this closet was in this other area. Oh, so it's getting pissed. All of a sudden, something would just fly off the wall or fly off the <laughs> Defensive home. Um, things have gone missing and then shown back up in the spot that it should have been in. Oh. So that was also really weird. Uh, and lastly, we've had things just randomly at, at points, like in the middle of the day, just, I mean completely top size. Uh, I've had my table flip. Um, what? I have, <laughs> I've seen my, my animals react to something that isn't there. That's creepy. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm saying these things and they're really freaking scary. Like, anytime that I go ahead and I explain this to anyone, they're like, oh, hell no, girl. Out of there. <laughs> that would be me. And trust, I would absolutely be running for the freaking hills. Um, but I guess the biggest reason why I haven't really been afraid is well one i haven't seen any like true manifesting of a um of an apparition Thank if God. i saw a full-bodied spirit in front of me that's when i would probably want to leave yeah uh, but that said nothing has manifested that way it's mostly been slightly mischievous but i get a feeling that it's coming from a place of if these are really the the spirits of the first people who own the house um, I think that they just really want to make sure that their house gets taken care of mm -hmm. and they seem to really care about what we are doing to it. And not to brag, but I am kind of a Susie homemaker, so I try to make the house look nice. Um, and I'll admit, sometimes, like you do, the house gets messy and sometimes <laughs> I don't clean it right away. And I get it. Maybe they're just old-fashioned and they like seeing their house clean. <laughs> So um, nothing crazy has really happened in the last month or so, mostly when we were just moving in and things were just kind of chaotic and messy. 
Uh, we do talk to the spirit. <laughs> we don't know what to call them, so we say ghosty. Uh, ghosty. <laughs> we hope that they like that. And uh, thus far, we think that it's a pretty balanced relationship. I will continue to update you guys if anything crazy happens or if I see oh, anything yes, else. Please. Except for just obviously what I've just stated previously. But we just hope that they're happy with what we're doing to the house and that, you know, they appreciate all the hard work that we are giving. And we plan to live there for many, 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 many years because when you're a millennial, you can't buy houses. <laughs> and this is lucky for us. So um, that said, thanks for listening to me. You guys are awesome. And I look forward to hearing more of your episodes. And thank you so much for giving us a platform to share our stories. Thanks so much, guys. Have an awesome day. Bye. Isn't Ooh, that, crazy? that is crazy. Yeah, I love wow. that story. So basically, it's like, don't house shame me. Yeah. Like, throw something off the wall at her. Yeah. I wonder if they have a major renovation plan, like to knock down a wall, how the ghosts, will, how ghosties will react. Yeah. You know, because if it's making the house more beautiful, but if they're old fashioned, yeah. I wonder if there might be some kind of like revenge or something. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, totally. I, it's fascinating. Though. It is. And I wonder, like, I don't know. I feel like they said, like, they're not scared, but for like a f- table to flip, like, that's yeah. some anger there. Yeah. I don't know. I would. I've never experienced anything, but I would be gone. I and, think I need. I and and just like advice we've heard before, and I think what I would do is just claim your space. Say, you know, you are fine to be here. Yeah, but know that this is my house. You yeah, know, kind of thing. That so, is true. That is true. Yeah, and so. if they seem just be respectful. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. I wonder, like, whenever you and your husband have sex, boyfriend, boyfriend. Sorry, Doc, are you worried that they're there watching? <laughs> Or do you do it in a special place or do things fly off the table? Like, you're doing it wrong. Oh, my God. I'm really curious about this. Anyhow, anyway. Thank you, Learn, for that amazing story. And you guys uh, keep on calling in. Um, we just found out, though, that Google Voice only l- allows you three minutes. So it cuts you off at three minutes. But then just call back and leave the rest of your story. So. Yeah. If it's a, or you can always email or yeah. any anything. Yeah. So you can call us at 928-421-3721. Email is a bspodphx at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram with at bspodphx. And please join our Facebook group and interact with us and with people like Learn. Yeah. And my books, The Gay Teen's Guide to Defeating a Siren, are available on Amazon. I spent hours editing the other night. And I'm going to tonight as well. So hopefully book three will be out soon. Yay. All right. So uh, that was that was creepy. So everyone, um, I guess at this point, just... Cover your head with the blankets and bye. Wait, that's so creepy. <laughs>